Hey, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to hear every song that has ever existed, a podcast on the Lughole Network, and today we have the rest of my conversation with Al Kane, comedy and podcast producer, uh, to talk about Disney songs. Uh, last week we talked about so many of our favorites from across the catalog, everything from a goofy movie to the Haunted Mansion to uh, Jungle Book and High School Musical, all sorts of wide variety of Disney movies, um, and today we finish up our conversation with some more beloved classics some more deep cuts it's a great conversation al is a big disney fan and knows so much and i thought that this was a super entertaining and interesting conversation uh, before I play you the rest of our conversation, uh, please follow Al on social media. He's at Al Kane Poops, a hilarious user handle. He is also the host of Al Kane's Interviews for the Mind, a great podcast also on the Lughole Network, uh, which he created, by the way. Um, but anyway, also follow me on all my social media. I'm at James P. Crowley on Instagram and TikTok, James P. Crowley, or James Crowley, James P. Crowley 68 on Twitter. I can't believe I forgot my own handle. Um, and follow the podcast, James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, on uh, Instagram. Uh, here is the rest of our conversation. Synergy! Um, let's keep on rolling along into my next pick, uh, which is This is Halloween from The Nightmare Before Christmas. See something strange because I'm a scene kid. <laughs> and so one of the things I, I resisted doing for this, because for me, I felt like it would have been cheating, is a lot of these songs have been covered by different people. Um, and I like a lot of the cover versions. And this song has so many great cover versions. I thought about doing like the Panic at the Disco version. Um, I never heard that. I think I've heard the Marilyn Manson version, right? The Marilyn Manson version is probably the version I've heard the most throughout my life. Um, but, and the Panic at the Disco version is very good. It kind of like fits very well. It, Does like, Rob in the, have a version? Or am I making that up? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. No. It, he would Maybe probably do a very good one. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I, you know, this song is just so entwined with Halloween um, and it's very fun and it's very, it kind of like, it's kind of like, too. yeah. Well, I was going to say too, it's a little bit like Grim Grinning Ghosts if it was a little bit darker, mm -hmm. you know, just because you have different things, you have different things in the song that are very literally very scary and things that I get very afraid of thinking about now as an adult you know like i'm the who when you call who's there like <laughs> i've been thinking yeah. about skinwalkers a lot lately and like yeah. you know i'm like oh yeah you know i don't want to call who's there in the middle of the night ever <laughs> you know uh it took me a long time to appreciate 
the nightmare before christmas first of all now i do and yeah. honestly it's one of the most beautiful things ever created it's yeah. incredible and it's a great movie but i don't think i liked it for a very long time when i was younger because the music selection isn't great there really no. only is two songs that work there's uh what's this and this is halloween everything else is kind of just doesn't work or anytime yeah. jack skeleton sings by himself it feels weird it's kind of boring yeah it's yeah exactly so this song works so well because it really sets the stage of what it is. Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it really is a perfect representation of what the film is. And well, I don't know if you've ever seen, I, I, I cosplayed as uh, with a group of people as characters from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was Santa Claus or Santa Claus with the W. <laughs> is and, that on uh, your uh, sandy claws <laughs> sandy claws that's what it is yeah <laughs> um yeah so when we when we were making the costumes i think i sung this song over and over again a right. hundred thousand times like because <laughs> it is gets in your mind because it's yeah. so easy it's so simple you know this is halloween this, this it, it's is, so yeah. simple and i think that's part of why like you know, it, granted, I'm I'm not gonna listen to the Marilyn Manson version ever again. I don't think after all the things that have come out against him. But like, I think that's why like his version works so well, and uh, Panic at the Disco's version works so well, just because like, you know, it kind of feels like it feels very together. It feels like, mm. you know, like a group of townspeople just coming together. Uh, I just had the thought now that it could also just be a cult. <laughs> Which would work very well too, just people chanting this is Halloween over and over again. <laughs> but yeah, so. And I mean, you know, I feel like this movie, you know, was so influential to a certain era of like scene kids where. I was scared as shit about those kids, man. Like when I grew up, <laughs> like I said, I, I told you I, I was a sports guy and yeah. I didn't hang out with what I view now as the cool kids, but back then, they were the weird kids, right. and if I saw Hot Topic, I was definitely afraid to even go in there. I, I, when I was a kid, I would not go into Hot Topic because it was so scary. Right, and, and they had the death metal blast. And yeah, and the big thing of that was, you know, quote, weird kids wearing Jack Skellington sweatshirts, and I was just so turned off by the whole thing. I was just like, oh, this it's... Is lame and smelly <laughs> <laughs> i was never one of the kids i never had jack skellington merch that i would wear year round but i definitely mm -hmm. had a few friends that had like a jack skellington beanie or like a hoodie and yeah i'm friends with those people now but when i was a yeah. kid I, I i wasn't because i was terrified about it and i i watched the nightmare before christmas i thought it was like a lame movie that just wasn't for me you know and now that's just silly it's like i said it's a beautiful movie yeah it, it, it's incredible and they, it's, they won't make anything like that ever again like they can make a corpse bride and it's not the same by any right it's yeah different. and i you know i've watched a few of those and i think that there are movies that kind of that i do enjoy like like a corpse bride or uh like Coraline or even um i loved uh paranorman when that came out which i don't think yeah. is a disney movie but you know it might have been. It might have been like distributed by them or one other side yeah. companies, but, but like a, Disney. like a creepy did, kids. Uh, did Frank movie. and Weenie. Right. Yeah, I never Frank. saw Frank and Weenie. It's solid. It's pretty good. It, like I said, it's it's really hard to have the hunger that Tim Burton had when he was back then. You're like when you're yeah. starting out, just like when an artist makes their first album, you have this hunger and you have this just 
creative just impulse of just like i want to make things that look like this and you you have to lose that after a while it's very hard to keep that up you yeah. know so it's impossible especially a movie like nightmare that just takes some so much manpower and time right. you know, it's a ton of effort it was the stop motion animation took hours so detailed and even when you see stop motion today with they're still making great stuff like with box trolls or you know hair uh Walls and Gromit and all those people. Yeah, uh, it still looks really good and it's beautiful, but it's not quite as detailed as Nightmare was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's keep on rolling along into your next pick, which was "He Lives in You" from The Lion King Two. So this is this is quite kind of my my hipster pick. Uh, yeah, I did not know this at all. Like I I don't know if I've seen The Lion King too. <laughs> As you notice, I don't have any Lion King songs on my list. Right. Um, they're all great Lion King songs, but let me tell you, I am very passionate about Lion King too. It's it's a very underrated film. It's one of the few straight to DVD features or straight to VHS features that worked, and it's mainly for the music. Every song on that soundtrack slaps like it's really good and uh the movie is solid because the, the whole idea of the first movie was it's kind of based around hamlet a little bit of uh yeah. henry henry the eighth i think was a shakespeare uh, uh maybe i don't know henry the seventh henry the eighth i haven't one. brushed up on my shakespeare in a while <laughs> It's kind of, a lot of people say Hamlet, but it's kind of like after, it's more like Hamlet if it started where Mufasa died. Regardless, right. it's based on Shakespeare. So the idea of the second film was, let's make it about Romeo and Juliet. And which is to me is a very smart idea. Yeah. And the, the movie, the budget's not as good. They, and they use com full computer animation opposed to partly hand-drawn, hand which is yeah. what they did with Lion King. So it doesn't look as pretty as the first one, but it's still pretty nice for a straight-to-DVD movie. Um, and like I said, the music, every single song in it is really good. Uh, there's a song called Independi, which is great, or uh, He's Not One of Us, which is also awesome. But the, the main song is the start-out song. It, it compares to Circle of Life um, because they, they animated the same way. It looks very similar to how the first Lion King started. And they use a song that they actually made for the Broadway uh, play. Okay. He lives and which explains why it's so fucking good. You know, right. well, it, this, it, when I was listening to this, I was like, this sounds like it could have been in a Broadway musical. Yeah. And it's, it, I said in the beginning of this episode, like, I love songs that you can just blast in your car and yeah. feel the full like, surround sound. This is one of those songs where it's just so powerful. And honestly, I think it's arguably just as good, maybe better than Circle of Life. It's so good. <laughs> uh, it's so funny for me because when I was listening to it, you know, like I said, I wasn't super familiar with it. And then like once it gets going, I'm like, okay, I'm into it. I get it. But it also reminded me a lot of like contemporary Christian music. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. You know, because it does have that undertone a little bit that he lives in you, even if you can't see him. Yeah. 
Well, my, my main problem with something like Circle of Life is we get the metaphor, man. The whole episode, right. the whole song is repeating uh, what the Circle of Life is, you know? Right. It's very similar to like uh, in Pocahontas where there's a song called uh, Just Around the River Bend. Right. And the metaphor is water, you know, and yeah. the whole song is like, you know, this is what water is and it's it's constantly changing. That's what Circle of Life is. It's like, this is the Circle of Life. This is what the movie's about. It's a little repetitive where... Uh, he lives in you is a little more of like let's take the lyrics and make it meaningful, and I don't know. It's just it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. I think it just works really well. That's fair. Um, and I don't. It, it's funny. I'm gonna have to like double check because like I know that like I listen. The version I listen to is from an album like music inspired by The Lion King. So I wonder if maybe I'm not hearing the right version yeah there's a there's a few versions and from most of them they're, they're all pretty good um i would listen to either the broadway version or the or the movie version um but yeah it's it's a great listen watch the whole movie honestly <laughs> i will it's like it, that's one of those really things big. that like i've thought about just because like the lion king again is such like an iconic movie that like i i do feel like it'd be a worthy investment of my time to go through like Lion King 2, Lion King 1 and a half, you know. Uh, one and a half is really funny. It's a funny yeah. movie. It's about, it's the perspective of Timon and Pumbaa. Timon and Pumbaa. But, but 2 is, uh, it's like they, they try. Like, you can tell the director or the animators, whoever worked on this, they can tell like, okay, we have a shitty budget, but we love the first one. Let's yeah, just do, won't. like, let's just try our best with the time and money we have and let's just make the best movie we can. And I think they did. There's a few things you can laugh at. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Andy Dick plays a character. Oh, <laughs> and, I, I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm sold. I... Funny, but, like his whole storyline is kind of just stupid. So there's little things you could pick at, but honestly you, you could pick at the first Lion King very right. easily. So, you could always I, nitpick I, anything. Right. So I, I think uh, again, they had the same voice actors as the first one, which is incredible. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, so like it, they really did a great job. I don't think um, Kiara is the name of the of the protagonist, so I don't think she's as likable as Simba, which is a big right. problem. Um, but you know, like I said, the music is the, the music is so good that it can work as itself as normal songs. Like you can yeah. just listen to the whole album and be like, these are good songs. Yeah. Yeah, well, because even like as I was listening, I was like, oh, this doesn't necessarily like, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a Lion King song. This is something I can no, hear, it works like, as, on, on its own. And uh, you can you can also tell like they don't have a full orchestra to make all these songs. Right. So a lot of the songs on the soundtrack are just like uh, a lot of just synths and shit. You can you can definitely yeah. tell. Uh, they even have their own "Be Prepared" type song with uh, there's a, there's a lady uh, scar. Oh, okay. and yeah it's called my lullaby it's and it's good it's pretty good i'll i'll have to i'll check that out i'll uh <laughs> i will put on like the broadway version of this and i i'm very curious about a lady version of <laughs> be prepared it's like it's it's obviously a complete copy of be prepared but right. it, it's really good <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep on rolling along into my next pick, which was A Night on Bald Mountain from Fantasia.
this was like the most just like curveball pick from yours because when you showed me your list, you were like, I'm sorry, it's a little basic. And I was like, not yeah. at all, because mainly I saw this. <laughs> I did not expect this. So what is your relationship with, with Fantasia or the song? Well, you know, it's funny because I, I told you before, I was like, I'm kind of struggling a little bit just because like I didn't grow up with Disney as much. But then I started thinking, I was like, oh, wait, there's other stuff. Because like I started thinking like about I was thinking about the movies, you know, and I was thinking about the classic Disney movies. And then I got thinking more and I was like, oh, wait, I could put that high school musical song in, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah. And there's Fantasia, which is incredible. And like in every aspect, like, you know, there isn't anything like, you know, I can't think of a bad thing about Fantasia. I love the animation. I love the music. I love kind of like what it represents, which is just kind of a symbol of, you know, just being art. great. Yeah, yeah, it's like a great this work is, of art. This is art. We're, we're amazing animators. We know amazing uh, conductors and, and composers. Let's just make beautiful art. And the funny thing was, I think this was the second film ever from Walt Disney that just came yeah. out with... Snow White, and it was a huge success, giant film, and uh, people were asking what's next, and they released Fantasia, and it flopped. No yeah. one got it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, mainly because I, I think for the normal audience, it's boring. And yeah, it's kind of today. Like I, I couldn't watch. Like I wouldn't expect my friends to like Fantasia unless they're yeah. really stoned. Uh, yeah, it's something that. It's not necessarily the most, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to just kind of sit down and enjoy. Um, you know, no, it's it, not. You gotta be in the mood and you gotta love composed music. You gotta love, yeah. you know, big scores and you gotta just, and like I said, I love being high and watching these things. But, right. <laughs> uh, particularly this song, well, I think this song was, was created before the movie. I think. Uh, yeah, I think most, so this could also be kind of cheating. I think most of the songs in Fantasia were pre Fantasia. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, like, but cause I, I know uh right of spring is in it too, which is from like right. the 1800s. And right. so I think that there's a, I think that there's, if not all a decent chunk of the music that is just, you know, pre that. Right. And for, for people at home, what, what they did basically is they had a bunch of different composers and they gave them little segments and they're yeah. like, you know, make this music and we'll animate to the segments, you know? And I would say this segment with, with Turnabog, I think his name is, yeah. is it's probably the second best segment after, you know, Sorcerer Mickey. Yeah. I, I think it's like, it's amazing. It's very dark. Very dark, very atmospheric. You know, it's, uh, you know, you also go into the Ave Maria afterwards, which, you know, kind of matches the light to the dark. But, you know, I'm, I've always been drawn to like the darker aspects of everything. I love like the villain songs. You know, I love, you know, I love Chernabog just because he's so, he's like, he's very metal, you know, and like. He's, He's so big. Like yeah. everything, it feels like you're looking at a giant epic scale, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's right up on your face, it's on your phone or on a TV screen, but it feels giant. You feel like you're literally looking at a big, large surface with mountains and a volcano and if this giant demon feels huge and yeah. 
you can, like I was trying to say before you, you can't expect kids to like this. Like kids will no, not. No, no. Like it is it, a very adult <laughs> movie. Um, it, it, it looks like something uh, like a stoner kid in the seventies would have like drawn in their notebook. Like it's yeah. very. Uh, this is what Max was sketching in his notebook when he was planning his school <laughs> <Yeah>. shooting. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's like, it, like you said, it's very heavy metal. It's very, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, as a, as a kid, even before I was like super into heavy metal, I was always into like dark stuff. And like, I went to Catholic school. So like, I love talking about hell. <laughs> You know, I yeah. loved learning about Satan. Well, that's why you like this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, I just liked seeing a scary guy. I will say the actual score on its own is not one of my favorites, just because, like, it's it's it it changes courses so quickly. Yeah. It, like, it's now this is happening. Now this is happening. Now this is happening. It's very, it's a sporadic sp- uh, score. Uh, so it's not my personal, like, favorite, but it's beautiful. It's yeah. so well made. And, uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah. It's cool with, uh, you know, I just love that they put so much classical music into it. And Have you ever seen 2000, Fantasia 2000? Um, I've seen parts of it. I don't think it's I've okay. seen the whole thing. Yeah. yeah There's like okay. moments that are very pretty, but not... Uh, what, what makes Fantasia, the original, so special is that you can literally see like every line drawn. Yeah. You know, like there is zero computer helping this out. It is like the the epitome of like this is a hand raw raw hand drawn film, you know, and it works especially in this in this portion. Absolutely. Um, well, let's roll on into something that's a completely different feel, which is oh, strange it's so things, different. <laughs> strange things from Toy Story. Right in my pocket. I would live in the life things were just the way they should be. Some strange things are happening to me. I had friends. I had lots of friends. All right, so Toy Story is huge, right? It's the biggest movie cartoon. It's giant, you know? And I I don't think a lot of people really look at the music, you know? No. Uh, Toy Story. To me, it's one of the, the best parts, you know? And... And we'll talk about another song later that's also yeah. on your list. But Strange Things is by Randy Newman. And in my opinion, one of the, the best composers and lyricists ever exists. Like, he is incredible. But he gets bagged on a lot because he's silly. He, yeah. he makes weird choices in his music. His voice is funny. His, uh, some of his music is extremely ironic. And yet some is extremely literal and observant. Yeah. You know? Uh, so Strange Things is the exact example of that it is like in family guy i don't know if you've ever seen they make fun of randy newman because he's looking at what he's seeing and he's playing on the piano Just and listing it yeah listing everything he's singing and strange things is the example of like strange things are happening to me it's very literal <laughs> but to me it does such a great job at, at, at making it seem hectic and 
uh, explosive, you know, what he is going through this change and it's really affecting him. It's big and it's, it's a whirlwind around him. And this song feels like a whirlwind. It's, it's, it's so loud. Um, it's so, it's so funny too, just cause the way you just described it too. So I, when I was listening back to this, I'm like, I recognize this, but I can't put my finger on when in the movie it is. Because like you said, we don't talk about the music in Toy Story. And no even at first I thought, oh, is this the song? Oh, I was going to say, is this the song when, but when I just saw it listed, I was like, is this the song when Buzz is all emo? Because I remember liking that one as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> right, because the other big one, which we'll talk about later, there's that one, and then there's uh, Sailing No More, is where yeah. Bugs Lightyear drops and falls off the, the balcony of, yeah. the, of the staircase. And honestly, I was torn between Strange Things and Sailing No More. Uh, both are great and beautiful and very descriptive, and and no one else can really make music like this. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, but honestly forgettable because no one remembers these songs. No, and no one, one well, I think just because, like you said, we don't talk about the music. And the only other song in a Toy Story movie I can think of is, uh, not counting the other one that's coming up and the sailing, uh, is uh, the song from Toy Story, Toy Story 2. Yeah with yeah. uh when she used to love me is that it yeah but by the way i don't want that song <laughs> like, <anyone laughs> that's one that always comes up as like people are like it's so sad you know makes everyone me loves it and i think it even it was either nominated or won an oscar um it, to me first of all it took me out of the movie because i i, I don't love first of all it's it's voiced by sarah mclaughlin and oh, jesse yeah and and jesse's played by joan cusack so it's very much for me, like, who is this person talking? <laughs> this, right. <isn't> <laughs> this doesn't sound like Joan Cusack at all. <laughs> yeah, and, and while, like, the actual, and again, that's Randy Newman. It's, yeah. it's an actually beautiful song. It doesn't really work that much to the movie, like, unless you just want to make people cry. And that's what it does. Right. It just makes people cry. <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> but to me, it's it's kind of sad that, people recognize that song so much, which is a good song. I should say that. It is a great song. Yeah. Uh, but Strange Things and Sailing No More are awesome. And they just, they, it, I feel sad when Buzz Lightyear breaks his fucking arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sad when Woody loses his best pal, you know? And I, I, I really, I, I love the, the the backup vocals too in Strange Things. It's, yeah. it's a big song. Yeah. And uh, was, what I was going to say before, too, is as you were describing it, I was like, oh, I know exactly which moment this is now, because it is like so memorable too. you know, where I probably haven't watched Toy Story in, you know, since now it's probably almost 10 years when they re-released it in theaters uh, like a year before the third one came out. Um, I may have seen it like one or two times since then, but that's the last big time I remember sitting down to watch it. But then as soon as you described it, I was like, oh no, I've seen this movie a hundred times and I know exactly what it is. Yeah, and uh, I had something else to say about strange things. Oh, again, it's very descriptive because like he literally talks about a spaceman coming in a rocket and yeah. taking his life away. <laughs> like that's literally the <laughs> lyrics. And that's what's happening in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's it, well, cause I don't know if I ever caught those lyrics when I was younger, but then I, I have them pulled up in front of me and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is really weird. 
<laughs> there's no other songs like his man like yeah. it's funny everyone thinks they understand randy newman but they don't where like there's short people this one of probably one of his bigger songs and some people hate it because they actually think that he's discriminatory against short people and then there's some people that are like they get it and it's completely yeah. just ironic and it's just it's making fun of it it's he doesn't actually he's he's speaking in as another person he's not talking as randy newman and he's not shitting on short people yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh but then he has other songs like i love la a song i fucking love uh that's not being ironic and a lot of people think he is and a lot of people are like he's not happy like he doesn't really (laughs) love la but no he really just loves la (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I've I've got a I, Randy Newman's an artist. I've never totally explored his catalog. Like he has some uh, he has some racy stuff. He has, I have a lot of his albums. There's a lot of N word in there. There's a lot oh, of weird. Uh, and then maybe I, I don't. <laughs> well, I, my understanding is he's kind of like a, a Warren Zevon almost too. Where there's yes. like you said some stuff that's very sincere, but also stuff that's very like out there. Yes, and I would say honestly his movie composing is better like it's even better than his actual pop you know soundtracks and uh it's kind of silly to say but his work on meet the parents and meet the fuckers is awesome it's really good i didn't know he did a lot he did those i'm gonna yeah and he's a full he's like a full movie compo- his whole family there's there's david newman and thomas newman uh they composed every movie ever made <laughs> so awesome. like they're a family of composers and they're in their uh they're all great. They're all awesome. But like I said, people at home, look up the Meet the Fockers, Meet the Parents soundtracks. They're, they sound very similar to Toy Story. Like, honestly, there's some scores that you'll listen to and you could play the game. Is this from Meet the Parents or from Toy Story? And you just won't know. <laughs> I, I'll, <laughs> I'll great. put them on back to back. Let's keep on rolling along into my next pick, which was Strangers Like Me uh, from Tarzan. Show me everything and tell me how You don't mean something And yet nothing to me I can see there's so much to learn It's all so close and yet so far I see myself as people see me Oh, I just know Uh, which I'll admit I'm not a big Phil Collins fan, but you know this one kind of hits all the beats in the perfect way. Literally, it's like a lot of drumming. It's yeah. like a lot of fucking drumming. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's like you know, this is a song that I remember. I remember seeing Tarzan in the theater when I was like six or seven, whenever that came out, like early two thousands or something. Um, I think ninety nine maybe okay maybe 1999 and i remember hearing the song and being like "Ooh, that's a really good song i was five years old i didn't know a thing about music but i was like "Ooh, that was cool strangers like me i like that line mm-hmm. now, I, I will say first of all i don't like tarzan the movie i, uh, I mean i'm not a big fan i can watch it and enjoy the good things about it right i don't like the soundtrack when it works at the movie i don't think it's good i don't think this song is particularly great i think all the songs well most of the songs work by themselves like yeah you'll be in your heart and in uh two worlds like they're good songs they don't really work for the movie at all to me like well that was gonna be the flip 
Oh no, I was gonna say the flip side to this is like I think I like this because it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily like a, a Disney song in particular. Mm. It's more of a pop song just in a Disney movie. Right. Which I don't I, I don't think that really works, to be honest. Well, to me, I, I will say Strangers Like Me is probably the best song in the movie. It's great. It's a it's a good song. It's really <laughs> I can listen to it all yeah. the time. It's great. Um I don't I think there's a misunderstanding of what works, and I think this this movie ended the Disney renaissance right? as well as it did. It did pretty well. It's still in the box office, but this was kind of like the, the dagger of what good Disney movies are, because I, I think there's a misunderstanding of what works. And that is there's songs that are just being narrate, narrated by Phil Collins. Like yeah. who is Phil Collins to this movie? Who right. is he? Why is this person singing? And then yet there are songs they're singing like the, the, in the trash song, I forget what it's called. Right. Or, among the the apes are throwing around trash and the apes are singing i think it's just called trash in the camp that's what it is trash in the camp yeah. um it's not good it's not a good song yeah. and, and it, it's it's so it changes everything because now this is no longer a serious movie this is a musical but then who's right. this guy it's you a know, weird it, voiceover it right that's... and uh it's funny because Ellen John, he he wrote the music for Lion King, obviously. Yeah. And he got pissed that they didn't use his voice for any of the movie. They just right. used him for ending credits. Uh, they got another other people to sing it. And uh, he saw Tarzan and it was like, I want to be the, the pop singer in this, <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. So he goes, he goes to DreamWorks, who's the competitor to Disney, and he does Road to El Dorado. And again, Road to El Dorado, Road to El Dorado is pretty good, but the biggest problem is Elton John's just singing throughout this, this movie. It doesn't is tie together. Yeah. So, so same problem where like it doesn't match. I don't. You think. feel like it? It hurts the the movie just to have like the voiceover come in and be like, yeah, like of course yeah. the drumming sounds great with him sliding down these trees and stuff. Yeah. But it's it it's uninteresting. It it doesn't offer much. Like I can tell by the way the ape looks at this baby that the baby's in her art i don't need someone telling me that right <laughs> opposed to like randy newman singing about strange things i think without strange things we wouldn't know what's going on in that scene right in tarzan, it doesn't it, yeah it, it doesn't service it when tarzan like I'm just, okay this is this is what's happening i know that. right yeah, and I mean, you know, kind of, kind of like I said, it is more of a standalone pop song than it is, uh, you know, oh, this is help advance the action. They just needed something that sounded epic to like throw over this kind of montagey scene, you know, and have him sliding on the trees and things. I would say maybe, and I don't even agree with this, but I would say maybe it would work better if they if Tarzan didn't talk and the apes didn't talk, you know, but uh, they do talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then it could have just been, oh, this is the voice in Tarzan's head. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, that's fair. And you know, I, you know, I for me, I was like, okay, as a song, this works. So like a little bit of a cheat, but mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. It's like it's one of those things where like 
you find exceptions. What I've found a lot of the Disney songs do is they give me like exceptions to people that I wouldn't listen to otherwise. Like I don't yeah. even listen to In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. I might listen oh, yeah, to a little bit of Genesis. Overplayed a billion times. You know, it's like I can't listen to Bohemian Rhapsody or yeah. uh, Small Town Girl. What's the, what's the song? Don't Stop Believing. Uh, don't Stop Believing. I, I, I can't. They're obviously amazing songs like in the air tonight yeah. is obviously an amazing song i can't listen to it you know yeah um i, I mean I, I do like genesis though i do like phil collins it, I, he offers something but uh there's a few yeah, genesis I just, songs i dig but yeah but yeah. i like uh, paradise another day in paradise crazy great song i don't know if i know that one my favorite you know i think it was a recent episode of this podcast i talked about jesus he knows me which uh that's like my jam but that's mm-hmm. because catholic school growing up <laughs> And your JC. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Um, but anyway, let's it's keep on. Your thoughts like that. I don't know if you ever heard, I think it was the Doobie Brothers that uh, Jesus is All Right With Me. Do you ever hear that song? I don't know. I never listened to the Doobie Brothers. Right for me, Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe I have heard that. That sounds familiar. Where it's like, I'm not religious, but this song is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like uh, when everyone had that weird, like, there was a weird period where Christian metalcore was huge. Mm-hmm. People loved, like, Under Oath. And it's like, <laughs> all these people are atheists now. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's keep on rolling along into your next song, which was Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. Yeah, I think this is my one basic song. You know, I try to stay away from songs like <laughs> right. Um, th- this is very much the circle of life, or the bell, or you know, yeah. a, no- a whole new world. This is the song from Pocahontas that everyone loves, but it's understandable. It's a perfect song to me. Pocahontas gets a lot of flack these days because of what the story is, and it's not true yeah. to history. But it's a beautiful film. It's one of the most beautiful ones out there. It's just like Hunchback. It's so well-crafted. The music's incredible. Alan Menken does his thing. Um, so I was really just thinking, like, what is the best song here? There's a lot of great songs here. Uh, just Around the River Bend was up there, and yeah. um, Mine is a great song. I don't even know if that's the villain song, Mine. Um, I don't know if I know Mine. I do know uh, Just Around the River Bend very well, yeah. though. And they're all really good, but... Colors of the Wind is really the one that just brings it all together. And it's it's so big and so orchestrated. And my only issue with Colors of the Wind is the movie doesn't do it service. Like, uh, this, this is one of the biggest scenes of the movie. But you have these giant, like, crescendos. And they're not animating them. You know, it's really just a lot of just, like, here's an eagle head. And right. here's them jumping into water. It's like a music video almost, and it doesn't really do the I song any very well. Yeah, exactly. So I think the song is honestly better than that one scene, and the whole movie's amazing. But uh, it's it's a beautiful song. I will say, I don't necessarily agree with Pocahontas in the song because what makes her right? 
<laughs> because like John Smith is telling him her about like roads and streets and cars, and she's like, no. You know, like the way we do things is right. And then as a movie, as an audience, you're like, yeah, she is right. But yeah. why? You don't really explain <laughs> why she's right. You know, so that's my one, you know, issue with the song. It's it's so funny just kind of like listening to it. I, I, this could just be, you know, me in 2021, you know, having like the past year in my head listening to, you know, so much stuff about like coming together and like being like a, a human race, like citizens of earth, we're all, you know, we all bleed red, but like that was kind of my interpretation. Like, oh, we're not so different from each other. I didn't necessarily pick out all the like, oh yeah, no, we're, we're better off here. Yeah. It, it, another thing I don't particularly like about the song is a lot of people will cover it, and usually yeah. the covers aren't great. And usually the covers start late in the song because there's a whole intro in the movie, right. and the intro makes the song make more sense. Yeah, where she's saying like, "You think we're ignorant savages, you know, but we're not. Yeah. <laughs> like this is this is life for us, and we're you know we're people, we're normal people." Um, yeah, like again, that's uh, Stephen Schwartz lyrics song and alan menken it's just perfect it's a perfect song yeah it's and like you said it's when i looked at your playlist the two that stuck out to me immediately were poor unfortunate souls and colors of the wind just because i was like okay yes these are like two very iconic disney songs that i recognize very well and again every time it's covered i hate it uh ursula's <laughs> song uh poor unfortunate souls that's covered a lot and it's really good every time it is i know uh rebel wilson does a cover and uh yeah titus burgess from uh unbreakable Kimmy schmidt she does he does a cover um people will cover that song greatly but colors of the wind for some reason any, anytime a pop singer does it even in the actual after credits of the movie right it's bad it's i feel like i feel like it's because it's one of those songs that's it's almost like I was about to use a very bad example, but I think it kind of makes sense. When people try to cover a song like uh, I Will Always Love You, um, yeah. you know, which in and of itself, the most well-known version of that is a cover. But like, I think that anyone that's done it after Whitney Houston just hasn't been able to do it justice. And I think that that's just kind of the case where with a lot of very sincere pop songs, uh, you know, or not necessarily a pop song in this case, but very sincere, you know, well-known songs. People, they, they just kind of come out very dry. It's like anytime someone does Imagine by John Lennon. Yeah, and it's exactly the same with Colors yeah. of the Wind. They don't, they don't even understand where it's coming from. You know, you gotta understand what what, what does the song mean? You know, why, or why, why is this person so passionate about it, you know? And they're just singing it. Exactly. Um, Let's roll on into my next pick, which is You Can Fly from Peter Pan. such a good song oh yeah it's it, it's so funny because i knew i needed a peter pan song and peter pan you know 
as an adult, I usually go to as my favorite Disney movie, just because I like the philosophy of never grow up. You know, that's something that's always resonated with me. And I think that when it comes to the music, I think You Can Fly just hits very well because it's all the childlike joy that, you know, you kind of get from watching one of these movies. Yeah, well, I'm going to throw you a curveball here where I say it's not a good movie. <laughs> That's fair. Movie. I mean, you know, I, I'm aware of some of the criticisms. Uh, I I think the way they... Above, above, it's, above like, the racial thing, because there's a lot right. of just like, just like, what? How is this in this movie? <laughs> like, it's bad. <laughs> above that, um, I, first of all, I will say I'm a big fan of what Peter Pan is. Like, right. even my, my brother's having a kid. His, uh, his room, the kid's room is going to be themed to Peter Pan. I love the cartoon, the animation style. I, I, I love Captain Hook. And I think that's what the movie has going for it. It has a, an amazing villain that is Captain Hook. And an amazing song to start the adventure. And that's what You Can Fly is. Like, yeah. it's let's get into this movie now. You know, you have the setup. You see these kids. Now they're going to fly and they're going to enter in this land. And it's just so, it's so fun and so wholesome. You know, it's so just yeah. clean. And just, uh, it's, it's about Christmas, the song, even though the, the movie's not about Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's about snow and reindeer. It's just, it's, it's so just, like I said, wholesome and fun. Um, the reason I just don't think it's a good movie is because it's, uh, I think the protagonist, being Peter Pan, just isn't that likable of a character. I no. just don't think. Why and my Bell are both kind of unlikable. He's a dick. He's a yeah. Peter Pan's a dick, and he just keeps getting one day into trouble. And he's obviously extremely sexist, even though he's just a kid. But and he doesn't really like, care about her, no, even when she like gets into trouble. He doesn't care about anybody's well-being no. at all. You know, he's he's the problem maker, and uh, and obviously he's cool. Peter Pan's a cool kid, you know, and he's he's the guy that can fight Captain Hook with the dagger. You know, like he's cool. But uh, the movie's just not interesting to me. There's not like the actual substance is like the whole like metaphor is cool. The whole metaphor of like not growing up and yeah. maybe even the father being Hook or Pan or whatever side you want to take. Yeah. That's cool. But like the actual, like, it's kind of disjointed. Mm-hmm. There's like, no actual problem or anything. Like, why are yeah. we going to Hook? If he's a problem, why are we? Why yeah. are we around him? <laughs> you know, it's just you know silly and fun for the sake of that. And I I do think that that's a very valid criticism. And you know, like I said, for me, I'm just like, oh yeah, I just never want to grow up. <laughs> you know, I'm 27. I'm like fighting off entering my 30s. And I'm like that too, absolutely. And uh, you know, I don't think there's not a lot of other songs in the movie, and no. they're not very good. Um, there's there's what makes the, the red man red. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> I if I included that one right after Pocahontas, that would have been a pick. You know, <laughs> I think that that would have uh, made this a very different podcast. <laughs> yeah, I say though, uh, there's a there's a there's a song there's a, a ride called. Uh, Peter Pan's flight in Disney World, right? And it's it's one of the original ones. They call them dark rides, where they're, you're moving really slow in the dark, and there's little things that pop up. So it's one of the original rides. So it's really shitty, but it's still like magical. And the yeah. whole deal is that scene of them flying to Neverland, and you hear the song, and the song is magical. It's it's a great song. Yeah, 
and uh, like I, you know, yeah, I've I remember going on that ride when I was very little and kind of mm. experiencing it and feeling it. Um, I love all those tiny rides, all the yeah. all the dark rides they have. I, I I'll go on all of them, and a lot of people I'm with are like, "Why?" You're like, it's a small <laughs> world. World is one of them. Honestly, like I've debated putting into small world in this list just to like. I thought about that too because it's just to say fuck you to everyone who hates it. Everyone hates that song. <laughs> It's awesome. It's a great like it does what it's supposed to do. <laughs> well, I think I think because so it's also kind of a grating song, which is why I didn't put it on because <laughs> I yeah. was like I'm not going to want to listen to this yeah. <laughs> um, as I'm prepping. But um, but anyway, let's roll on into your last song, which was "Life's a Happy Song." Palm of my hand, everything is perfect. It's falling into place. I can't seem to wipe this smile off my face. Life's a happy song when there's someone by my side to sing along. When you're alone, life can be a little rough. It makes you feel like you're three foot tall. When it's just you, well, times can be tough. When there's no one there to catch your fall. Yeah, which was... Muppets. At, at my last song, there was a lot of songs that I didn't know what to put here. And as you can tell, I love big songs. I love openers. Yeah. I love the whole towns getting into it. You know, I love different voices coming in. I love the bells. You know, I love the, I love big songs. And honestly, this is a song that gets very overlooked. Um, I'm a big Muppet fan. I love the Muppet movies. This is the first Disney Muppet movie. Right. Um, and it's a very good movie. And, and, and it was well acclaimed. It, it won an Oscar for a different song for Manor Muppet, which is also great uh but this song particularly I, i've never even heard another person say they like it and it's good it's really good and honestly it's on my top 10 for a reason because it, it, it really uh it, it sets the the stage for what the movie is and like i said it's it's catchy it's big and honestly it should be up there with with the other songs i'm talking about it's very like feel good and you know i i haven't seen um the Muppets movie from this was 2011, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I remember wanting to see it because I like Jason Siegel a lot. And I know that like he played a big factor in like getting this movie made and things like that. Um, he he, he co-wrote the song too. Yeah. And when I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is fun. It feels good. You know, this is kind of exactly what I'd expect from a Muppet song, you know, yeah. and like it's kind of, it, I feel like we both kind of went for very similar feels with our last songs. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, with all the past Muppet movies, and I love all of the Muppet movies, they're all great. Yeah. There, there's, cer there's a certain grittiness to everything pre-Disney Muppet. And, right. uh, and the songs are never that, besides the Rainbow Connection, none of the songs that are any of the Muppet movies are perfect. They're always like a little off, which is pretty yeah. fun, like because the Muppets are off, you know. Yeah. This is the first time we're like, let's just make an amazing song, you know, and let, let's make the Muppets movie like bigger and more commercial, which honestly hurt the Muppets as a, a overall. But for this movie, really works because you've never seen the Muppets in this clear vision before. We're like, this is like a, an actually well constructed movie. They knew exactly what they were doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think part of that is probably, uh, you know, just because I know Jason Siegel is a massive Muppets fan. So, you know, just having someone that loves it so well, being able to 
like focus in and be like how are we doing this yeah and it's 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 funny that he uh he has an oscar for man or muppet and he doesn't have an, he doesn't have an oscar for for anything he's acting <laughs> no <laughs> weird like he, he i know he wanted a nom he played david foster wallace and yeah and that was that was, was his great. big like serious movie yeah he's really good at it and uh but he didn't get a nom for that uh but he got an oscar for <laughs> the muppet song he's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I love I love Jason Siegel a lot, and that's real. Like, I could start ranting and raving about how much I love, like, How I Met Your Mother, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's just an incredible comedic talent. He's our types. He kind of looks like yeah. both of us. He's our types. Yeah, you know? exactly. I went through a breakup like two years ago now, and like, I just watched Sarah Marshall on repeat over and over again. Which probably should have watched the Muppets and. Totally get that, yeah. And he, <laughs> even in Sarah Mar- Marshall, he has some Muppet because he he wrote that, and there's yeah. the, the puppets in there, and they're felt puppets just like the Muppets. So you can tell this guy loves it, yeah. Which is cool to see him in, in the movie. He wasn't in the second one. They they made uh, Disney made a second one, Muppets Most Wanted, and right. that was I remember too. They went for a little more funnier opposed to big musical, but there is some good songs in there. There's the interrogation song that's really good. Um, but yeah, the Muppets, uh, Disney's kind of fucking up with the Muppets now. They don't really know uh, where they belong because the Muppets have always been a half adult, half kids thing. And right. Disney wants to be a family thing, uh, which yeah. doesn't really work. Um, so they've been trying them out in different ways. It, it's not really working. To me, the only like thing that Disney made with the Muppets so far that really hit was the Muppets movie in 2011. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I've got to dive into that because I... I like I like the Muppets. You know, it's funny. We've been talking about so many like iconic characters throughout all of this. And I'm waiting for the day Disney buys them and I think it's gonna ruin it. But like growing up, I was a massive Looney Tunes fan. Oh me, and, me too. And I don't know if you saw Space Jam doing that legacy, I but haven't yet. Oh it, it, it you can tell whoever made that movie wasn't a fan of the Looney Tunes right. because there's nothing Looney Tunes about the movie. Like, uh, it's like and they're empty characters, and it's sad. Like, if you if you ask a kid who are these characters now, the Looney Tunes were just as popular only a decade ago to yeah. the Disney characters. You know, they were huge. Yeah, and, and now they're nothing. Kids don't even know who Bugs Bunny is. Like, no. obviously they heard the name, but they don't even know who he is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, they they, they probably would fuck up. <laughs> just because i i feel like uh, like you said kind of adult the, the kind of, with the muppets being kind of like part for kids part adults i feel like looney tunes had that too but were a little bit more adult leaning you know yeah definitely but yeah but anyway let's bring this on home with my last pick which uh i went with you've got a friend in me from toy story when the road Rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. You just remember what your old past said. Boy, you got a friend in me. Yeah, you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. You got um, more Randy Newman. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which, which is one of those songs I'll start off with that I, I like. We were talking about before songs that have just been 
played into the ground, I can't listen to the song anymore. Oh, no, it's that's totally fair. And I kind of put this at the end sort of for that reason, just because like I feel like it kind of summarizes my feelings toward uh, about Disney songs in general and like sort of like it's very well known. It kind of ties things together very nicely. You know, yeah, they're it is a it is a beautiful song. Like it's yeah. just exactly what you want kids to be learning. You know, yeah. friendship. It's about friendship, and it really dives into, you know, what a good friendship is. And it's about Buddy and Buzz, and you got a friend. It's so perfect, and it also works as a uh, in Toy Story two. They use it as the song from his TV show. What he was from a yeah. TV show. It works as that too because it's it, it's an old timey you know, cowboy song also, yeah. you know, it works in so many levels. It's very, it's very welcoming and it's very, you know, it, it, you, it kind of functions as a song. It's sort of like the Phil Collins song where it functions as a song on its own, but it's so mm. entwined to Toy Story that you don't hear. If you hear it, you think of Woody and Buzz. Yeah. Well, I tell you what's a better version of the song. It's also, uh, written and, and composed by Randy Newman is um I, I don't know what the title is it's it's the the Monsters Inc song uh, oh I don't know uh, not off the top of my head if I didn't have you by Randy Newman oh, okay you never heard that song I well because I've definitely heard it because I've seen Monsters Inc but I don't know I don't know it's it the, off the top of my head it's the same song as you got a friend of me but just better. In my opinion, <laughs> a better song. It, it, it tells the same thing. It's about just two buds loving each other and just being there for each other. And it's, it's, I, I think it's just better just because I, I hear it less. You know, right. anytime you go to Disney World, Disneyland, you're hearing, you, you got, got a friend. A friend. Anytime right. you play any sort of Toy Story game or do anything Toy Story, there's, it's playing in the background. <laughs> uh, it's surprising that it wasn't the outro music when they had the Buzz Lightyear cartoon show. Oh, yeah, which I love. <laughs> I love that show. That's oh, I <laughs> that love that, good. too. It was a lot of fun. Um, it wouldn't make any sense if it was the outro. Of the song. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and, I mean, like you said, it's like a, you know, very like overdone it's it's a song where i think that if it was if it was just a normal pop song i don't think i'd be i'd stand it because it's mm -hmm. so sugary sweet but how weird would that be? How, how weird would it be if that was just played on the radio like it was any other song you know i think like if if it came out like maybe like 10 years ago and like bruno mars sang it i think it would have been yeah bad. you're right you're absolutely right i'm surprised <laughs> like, he hasn't done a cover uh, when Toy Story Five comes out, uh, yeah, you know, which I, I mean, have like, you kept up with all of them? Uh, I did. I saw. I, you know, I saw like Toy Story Three like the weekend it came out because I was, mm. you know, that was I was the perfect age for that. I was a senior in high school, you know, like, and it's about kids going to college. Yeah, you know, so You're like, I saw that. I cried, you know, I yeah. went with yeah. like my girlfriend at the time, my little brother, my little brother turned around and was like, why are you crying? <laughs> I don't know how you don't cry during that movie. I think that is more like tear inducing than like Titanic or anything. Uh, I, I've heard it 100% is. Yeah. I've heard um, more people say they cried during that than anything. 
It's, I think for that, it's the fact that he was like 13 and I was 17. So it's very <laughs> easy to be like, uh, I don't care about anything at 13. Oh, your brother was 13. My brother was 13. Yeah, your brother, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, I saw Toy Story 4, Toy Story 4, like I was so surprised at how much I loved it. Me too. I, I, I was really just like doing this again, like yeah. we could have just left it off, but it, it really does secure another part of the story it does you know yeah. show you like is it like what is the future of woody you know like and they really do close it all off pretty well with that movie and hopefully that's the last one <laughs> i don't right. think we need more uh and well, especially because uh, tim allen just sounds old like this oh, sounds like an old for that one i thought tim allen just phoned it in the whole time yeah well i, I think he just he's drained like, I don't think he's yeah. like a person anymore. He's just straight. For him, he was just like, oh, it's a check. I got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, this Al, is my those... buzz, I buzz. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Al, those were all the songs. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? Honorable I mentions. Hear the I siren. Good... Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a good honorable. There's a bunch of songs I listen to all the time. I would say Yo Ho. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean song is definitely up okay. there. It's very similar to the Haunted Mansion, uh, Grim Grin and Ghost, as yeah. in like it's repetitive, but it takes you there. It takes and you it instead works of a, really well. Yeah, in, instead of being a, like a creepy song because we're in a haunted mansion, this is a song about being a pirate, and you feel like you are a pirate when you listen to Yo Ho. <laughs> That's fair. Um, for me, I thought about I thought about getting kind of abstract with this, but I felt like it would have been cheating if I just started like doing songs from like things that Disney bought. So I was like, oh, what okay. if I threw the Star Wars theme song on, the Marvel theme song yeah. on? Um, you know, Iron Man Two is all ACDC songs. What if I threw one of those on? But I was like, that Here's would little- not be. If we were just doing kids uh, movies in general, too, like there were so many DreamWorks songs oh, yeah. that I, you know, I love. I love Prince of Egypt. I don't know if you ever watched Prince of Egypt. Um, that's incredible. not in a long time. But... Uh, it's really good. El- Road to El Dorado, I mentioned before, great songs. But yeah, Prince of Egypt really is, I think, the best DreamWorks movie. And that's including Shrek. Like, it is the best. <laughs> Yeah, I I remember a lot of my friends love that movie in college. It's it's very similar to Hunchback, where it's extremely serious and almost right. Hunchback has some comic relief with the shitty gargoyles. Prince of Egypt doesn't. Right. Well, because that <laughs> one's some... more. Uh, uh, that one's more like biblical, right? That's Moses, right? Yeah, it's a story of Moses. Yeah, I mean, it it does have a little bit of comic relief, a tiny, tiny bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Steve Martin and. Uh, and uh what's his name god i don't like to think of his name right now uh he's in everything always with steve martin oh martin short martin short steve martin and martin short they, they play like the sidekicks of the bad oh, okay. yeah so we uh they get a little bit of comic relief and they're awesome in it but that movie is probably like just as good as the best disney movies that's fun uh, I'll maybe I'll revisit that just because yeah. If there's anything this, that you learned from this today, watch the Grim Grinning Ghost video and yes. watch Prince of Egypt. This this whole discussion has been me realizing, 
oh, there's so many things I need to go back and rewatch or like, you know, try to discover for the first time. There's and there's so many things that you shouldn't like when I, when I did the full rewatch of Disney, like there's so many bad Disney movies and some of them like I didn't realize I would like, like I always thought Bambi sucked, but I love Bambi watching it as an adult. Like it's really good. And the story is beautiful. And, um, but then there's like Dumbo, which I watched and it's bad. And uh, Sleeping Beauty, Sleeping Beauty is good, but it's just a recreation of Cinderella. It's very similar of a film. They just added in Maleficent, you know? Right. So there's, there's a, you learn. And then there's a whole giant uh, space of Disney time, probably between like the late 70s and early 90s, where it's just crap. You know, there's right. there's the Black Cauldron and the Rescuers and Fox and the Hounds and there's a lot of crap. And a lot of people think like these are great movies because they've been told to like them and they watch them as a kid. They're not good movies. Absolutely. Um, what song should we go out on? Oh, okay. Uh, I think it should be uh, Topsy Turby from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a Lughole Podcast. <laughs>